0: This is the Global Health Student Advisory Board at Cornell University, hoping to share the experiences and expertise of Cornell alumni in the fields of global health, public health, and more. We are using our platform to connect the global health community with one simple question. Where in the world are you? Hi everybody, my name is Supriya and I'm a senior majoring in Human Biology, Health and Society, minoring in Global Health, and I'm on the Global Health Student Advisory Board.
1: Hi, I'm Michael and I'm a sophomore in the College of Agriculture and Life Sciences, majoring in Global and Public Health Sciences, and minoring in Infectious Disease Biology. I am also a member of the Global Health Student Advisory Board.
0: So on today's episode of Where in the World Are You, we have Mohit Nair, a Cornell alum who was a biology and society major. After he graduated in 2013, he attended graduate school and has worked in numerous positions since then. He currently lives in Seattle and will soon be earning his PhD. We're excited to speak with you today, Mohit.
1: So nice to meet you, Supriya. Thanks for having me on. Yes, Um, so we'll start off by talking about your undergraduate career. Um, so we're wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your involvement um, in global and public health while at Cornell.
2: Sure. Uh, so I guess the best place to start out is that when I when I first uh, applied to undergrad, I fully started out thinking I was going to be a, a med student, and so I was going on the pre med path as a general bio major. Um, and kind of, I, I would say like a year or two in, one of the beautiful things about uh, a U.S. undergraduate system is that it allows you to kind of think through what you want to do and switch courses if you feel like it's not the right fit for you. And I discovered the bio and society major. um, And I eventually transitioned into that major and had dual minors in global health and nutrition. A huge part of that was really the um, intro to global health class with Jeannie Mosley, which got me hooked into global health, introduced me to the field. um, And really, it seemed to to kind of address all of my existential qualms with um, the pursuit of a career in medicine and what that entailed, especially as an international student. So I was just really grateful to, to come across this, this notion of public health, which was very foreign to me
1: at the time. All right, thank you. Um, and also, if, I wanted, if you could talk about your favorite Cornell course.
2: Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, I think one of my favorite courses at Cornell was the NS4600 Capstone course that you know, we did as part of the, the Global Health Minor. Um, and that was with David Pelletier and then guest lecturers like Richard Kiley, who did a lot of the community engagement work that I really found to be fascinating. And then beyond that, um, one of my absolute favorite courses was actually in uh, CALS, the College of Agriculture and Life Sciences. It was a, a course called Nature and Culture by Jim Pantillo. Um, he was just this, this brilliant professor who focused on uh, the history of human environment relationships, um, you know, the diversity and the intersection of like environmental values and ethics, and all while kind of talking about this like variety of historical and current readings, I remember at one point we watched Bambi in class and kind of reflected on the um, anthropomorphic nature of of the film and like what it means for humans as they interact with the environment. Um, And this class above um, above many others really taught me how to digest large amounts of reading and think critically about literature and film as we interact with it. If you have any room in your schedule, I highly recommend taking it.
0: Those sound really good. I've never heard of the second one. but. Um, sounds amazing. I really enjoyed ns 4600 too when I took it. Um, so that sounds really great. Sounds like you had a great experience at Cornell. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about what life was like after you graduated? Um, you took a gap year. So we would like to know a little bit more about how you found your position, um what you did, and then what you sort of took away from it.
2: Sure. Yeah. I think you know one of the interesting things is had i had I pursued medicine, I feel like the path was kind of carved out for me, right? Like, You finish undergrad, you may take um, a year off or two, but eventually you go off to medical school and it's a pretty structured journey. I guess after I finished my global health minor, I wasn't entirely certain how to go about making a career in public health. I knew I wanted to pursue a master's in public health eventually, but I didn't feel entirely ready yet. And so one of the things I wanted to do was take a year off um, to really explore sort of something completely different. And this came about in the form of a gap year at a nonprofit called Camp Hill Sultane which was a residential community uh, for young adults with developmental disabilities. And it was so, so different from what you might call a traditional nine to five. You know, you're living in a community where you work, you live in a house with other adults and adults with, uh, young adults with disabilities. You, you know, from from waking up in the morning at 7 a.m. to going to bed at 9 p.m., you're spending seven days a week with, uh, with folks you're living with, um, and you're doing everything from helping with personal hygiene needs to cooking together in the house, to going on um, sort of excursions together, um, taking part in coursework together. So it was a whole different experience. And I didn't ever anticipate that I'd come across an opportunity like that. I just happened to stumble across somebody who was tending at the at the career fair at Cornell. And it was just this organization and one other nonprofit that really immediately appealed to me as a clear next step. And honestly, that year was so, so formative for me. Um, it was the year where I met my, my wife. Um, It was the year where really I got a lot more clarity on what I wanted to do. It solidified my desire to go into public health and made me feel mentally prepared to go into my master's
1: program the following year. That's really interesting, thank you. And um, as I'm starting to think about um, whether I want to take a gap year and what I want to do during it, um, it's really interesting to hear um, different um, different opportunities. Um, And if you could tell us a little bit more about your graduate education, so back to school. how, how did your MPH inform your work? Um, and if you can tell us a little bit about your non-traditional PhD path.
2: Sure. Uh, so for the MPH, you know, it was a two-year uh, MPH program. Um, and I really concentrated on humanitarian studies, ethics, and human rights as um, part of that work. I took a lot of courses in qualitative and mixed methods research, did a lot of work on community organizing, really focused on how those different fields intersect with one another. Um, and I was just, you know, throughout, just had the opportunity to take really, really interesting courses from, you know, methods-based courses like epidemiology and biostatistics to some of these other courses that I, that I laid out. I also had the opportunity to, to intern and gain some work experiences with places like the Harvard Humanitarian Initiative, um, get involved in evaluation work. And so I think it really, you know, gave a very hands-on learning experience that I appreciated very much. Um, in terms of the non-traditional sort of PhD, You know, I graduated from the master's program and I was sure at that point that I did not want to go on um, to do a PhD. I was not um, really inclined to pursue a career in academia, but eventually after the MPH, I started getting involved in uh, field-based humanitarian work, doing a lot of work on antibiotic resistance in India. And I eventually had the opportunity to pursue a uh, PhD through Maastricht University with one of my mentors in the field. Um, And so it allowed me to kind of pursue this PhD while having a full-time sort of job. So it was very non-traditional in that sense. And it's funny that the timing of this podcast, because on, on Monday, April 4th, um, I'll basically be defending this dissertation. So I hope to be done very soon.
0: Yeah, that's very exciting. Um, that's so amazing. And so, so different from, I think anyone we've um, talked with on the podcast so far. So that really, really interesting and, and cool to hear that sort of you just said some stumble into things sometimes and it works out. Um, more specifically, what are some of the new things um, you've learned um, beyond your work at Cornell and sort of the GPHS program? What are things um, that have extended beyond that or things you didn't necessarily see at Cornell, but you've learned later on?
2: You know, one of the biggest things is that I didn't really, I hadn't really how vast public health was and the different like careers that were possible within public health. One good example is just humanitarian response you know like I came into my master's program and that's where I realized that this whole field of evaluation or disaster response and humanitarian aid existed and public health principles could be applied to it. then like in my current job as an evaluator with King County um, in Washington, You know, I have learned how to build authentic bi-directional relationships with community partners and nonprofits and what it means to interact with community-based partners in field-based or practice-based settings, and liaise these expectations that government partners may have with community partners. Um, So I think these are some of the real-world lessons that you get exposed to, and it's just fascinating to see
1: what all is possible with the training in public health. Yeah, um, and we're hoping you could speak about, um, kind of going off that, what public health means to you as kind of like a practice and a perspective.
2: Yeah, sure. I mean, I think, you know, when when I first went or heard about the global health minor and then pursued my MPH, it's easy to think of public health as just a field. You know, you, you go into it, even today, if I go to India and I, um, you know, tell my relatives I'm in public health, many folks don't fully understand what that means. I'm, I'm happy to say it's getting a whole lot more awareness as a field. Um, you know, it's it's still probably less intuitive for some folks than, say, um, a career in medicine, but it is getting recognition as a field. However, beyond that, I think it's important to look at public health holistically as a way of viewing the, the world, right, As a as a practice and as a perspective. From that lens, I think once you get exposed to public health and once you get trained in public health, you can see or analyze any issue you come across from that discipline and from that perspective, right? It's all about looking at social determinants of access. So a good analogy in public health talks about this, this river where you, know, you have people and you, you come across and you're walking down the stream and you see that somebody's drowning. And you, you go right away, you wade into the river, you pull the person out, um, you know they're very grateful. You go up downstream a little bit further, you see another person drowning. So you jump in and you get them out. And this whole afternoon is spent you know pulling people out of the river and there's very little time to consider you know, who's actually pushing people into the river upstream, right? That's the whole analogy with public health of moving upstream and thinking about how to address some of the factors before they become kind of crucial problems or result in issues like hypertension or diabetes. And I think that's great all um, all in well in terms of health and medicine, but you can apply that to technology. You can apply that to so many different fields that you're in and really use it as a framework of analysis. So I, I highly encourage folks that you know, even if it's completely tangential to your career, I would say a training in public health or even a couple of courses in public health are just are pivotal and, and crucial um, to sort of development as, as a human being.
0: That's wonderful. Um, yeah, I don't think we've ever really gotten to talk about that on this podcast, but that's a really um, beautiful, beautiful idea. Um, sort of shifting gears a little bit to talk about your career and your experiences um working. Um, what have some of your past professional experiences been like? Um, what have been some of your job titles? What is your current job title? And um, what were some of your
2: responsibilities? That's a good question. Um, I've, I haven't had a chance to reflect on this in the past, you know. Um, so if I'm if I'm thinking about it, after I finished my MPH, um, one of the first things I did was I um, really wanted to get involved in the in the sort of Disaster response or humanitarian sector. Based on the training I had in my master's program, it was really difficult to figure out how to get into that field because you know you almost needed experience to get experience, and so it was this circular thing where it was really difficult as someone who was entry level to make a headway. And I was so so fortunate that um, just a colleague and, and kind of a relation of my colleague took a random chance on me and said, "Hey, there's you know you have this training in qualitative research and public health. There's actually an opening in Luang Prabang in Laos." Uh, for a short term consultant to come in and conduct some qualitative research and figure out what are the barriers to accessing services for children living with disabilities in Laos. And so my my first job title, I guess, in that sense was as a research consultant for two months with Save the Children International in in Laos. And those two months were just absolutely amazing because I think it built on previous field experience I've had, but really gave me some in-depth perspective into how to engage in research in linguistically diverse settings with a co-researcher who was you know, directly from the community, um, really co-designing research models, how to go about it in a participatory process, how to translate those findings to policy-relevant audiences. And while my work was limited to the research setting, I was then in touch with the executive director of Save the Children, who then really shepherded and led the work to do a lot of advocacy over the next few years about the need to include children with disabilities as this critical population. So that was my first sort of uh, Foray into public health uh, in a more formal sense, and then after that, I quickly transitioned into um, working with Medici Sans Frontier or MSF in India as a qualitative research manager. Over the next two to three years, you know, I was in field based settings like in Bihar, in Jharkhand, in West Bengal, really going to parts of India that I would not have had the opportunity to go to many remote villages, areas where there was um, widespread disparities in terms of access. Right, you had people who were Um, who who had sort of advanced HIV AIDS uh, and were lacking access to palliative care. You had people who were um, multi-drug resistant and had tuberculosis infections. And so we were looking at what are the barriers to to accessing treatment in that regard. You had people who faced um, co-infections with HIV and visceral leishmaniasis. You know, there were just all of these critical illnesses and and aspects that don't get talked about. And again, there was this unique opportunity to use one particular skill set, qualitative research to highlight what the barriers were, what the access related disparities were, and how some of the policies sort of intersected with one another to create these barriers, right? And what potential solutions could be. So that was sort of my next, uh, my next sort of immediate experience in public health. And then when I moved to Washington State, I took a sort of brief departure from public health and worked really upstream on electoral reform. I worked as a partnership director for a local nonprofit to bring ranked choice voting to Washington State. Uh, and I'm still very attached to this movement because I think electoral reform is a very, very critical pillar as it intersects with various public health policies. And then my current title, you know, I work as a
1: social research scientist and an evaluator for Public Health Seattle King County. Thank you. That sounds like really interesting and important work. Um, and we were zooming in. If you could talk a little bit about your day-to-day life, um, and if you could share a little, a little bit about your recent projects that you've been working on.
2: Sure, I think the best, uh, best example here would be my, my current uh, title and, and job. You know, as a social research scientist, we work closely with epidemiologists, right? An epidemiologist might look at um, risk of disease and infection at a broad population level scale, really use the various skill sets at their uh, disposal. Um, and, and my role is really to pair that with uh, qualitative data to look at uh, mixed methods data to understand what kind of barriers might be present to accessing care, right? Um, as an evaluator, we work with large uh, government programs. So I've worked on a uh, large-scale education program that has you know, several community-based uh, nonprofits in King County, looking at protective factor development and how to sort of build these protective factors over three to five years and measure success in that regard. And my current project is one called uh, Zero Youth Detention. And basically it's looking at the criminal legal system, the way it impacts youth, um, and really honing in on the 16 to 24 age population and figuring out what are some restorative justice-oriented alternatives for youth who have had experience with the carceral system um, and really looking at non-punitive ways of engaging with youth and then evaluating success for a program like that. So I come at it from uh, the lens of an evaluator within public health, but as our team is so diverse and we work with epidemiologists, we work with um, program managers, with policy-oriented
1: folks and with a host of different community partners.
0: That sounds incredible and and really applicable to what we've been hearing about in the news for a long time. So that's amazing. Um, Again, sort of to shift gears, um, to talk a little bit about your personal life, Um, how has your work and your career um, impacted your personal life and your relationships and sort of the opposite way around To um, How has everything come together?
2: It's interesting, you know, I feel like life sometimes just has a way of, of working out. Um, of course, with a certain amount of privilege and things intersecting and all things happening at the right time, you know, I mentioned that I met my wife at a local nonprofit I was working in in Philadelphia. Um, and ever since then, we've we've always done long distance just based on our uh, how our career trajectories have taken us. So, you know, she went off to do the Peace Corps and I went off to do my master's program in Boston. Um, we wrote, you know, letters back and forth in our continental long distance and then eventually made our way back to Seattle and settled here. But, you know, in, in many of these ways, I think like the values and the shared kind of understanding of, of service um, has really connected us. So I think it's one of those interesting things where I feel like the work has deepened our relationship. And even though we're in different fields, you know, she's not in public health herself. Um, from that practice-oriented discipline, she shares many of the same values, and I think that's made the relationship even stronger and allowed us to now be in the same place and get engaged in very similar work. She currently works for Fred Hutch Cancer Research Center um, as a project manager.
1: Thank you. Um, And so we've been talking a lot about um, your education and your work. Um, We were hoping you could talk a little bit about what you do outside of school and work.
2: Sure. I think uh, one of the interesting things that I came to terms with when I first moved to Washington is that everyone is extremely outdoorsy um, it rains so much in in Washington state that when the sun comes out and even when the sun is not out people are just trying to take full advantage of the outdoors as much as possible so as a result I've gotten very involved in sort of hiking running and enjoying the the outdoors wherever possible um, you know we enjoy uh, going camping and backpacking uh, my sister-in-law has actually been a ranger in the Olympics so she has you know really introduced us into the outdoors and and, and I've sort of launched head on into it. Um, and then beyond that, you know, I mentioned my interest in electoral reform. I spend a lot of time volunteering with um, the same nonprofit I used to work for, uh, sort of to bring ranked choice voting to Washington state. I've also been engaged with the South Asian community in Washington, looking at, you know, equitable representation um, for uh, not only South Asian communities but uh, BIPOC communities in Washington state as well.
0: That sounds wonderful. Um, it sounds like you have fun, but you're also doing meaningful things too. Um, that's wonderful. Um, so, as we wrap up here, um, we'd like to ask you if you have any sort of advice or final parting words um, for current global health students um, as we continue our education and graduate and move on. Um, what are some of your last words for us?
2: You know, it's it's interesting. I feel like I'm kind of a lifelong student, so I don't know if I'm Qualified to be giving parting words of wisdom. But for for whatever it's worth, I would say like two things that I've reflected on a lot, um, both during my time as a a formal student and um, as kind of an early career professional. Um, One thing is, you know, what we were saying earlier, right? Like public or global health, even more than um, a field or a practice, is a way of thinking and a philosophy to guide your work. So you can apply the principles that you learn in class today or during your field work in any career path that you choose. And like whatever you learn in this global health minor and in any future public health training, should you choose to go down that route, I think will inform your work for the rest of your life. So I would say treasure it. Take advantage of all of your various electives and enjoy this amazing moment in time where you can study and learn literally anything that you choose um, if there's room in your curriculum. And then the second thing I would say is that we're also in a unique moment in time today where we have the, the privilege and opportunity to apply principles of social justice, racial equity, and inclusion to our work, and critically consider our own positionality as researchers or evaluators within the field of public health. And I would say it's never too early to start thinking about this, from thinking about how we might helicopter into field-based settings in humanitarian disasters, to critically thinking about how to design a logic model for a criminal justice program. It's always helpful to acknowledge how you're situated within particular systems, and how your role
1: intersects with these systems. Thank you so much. Um, that's very true. Definitely something to uh, keep in mind as we learn more and experience more in mobile health. Um, and we just wanted to thank you so much for your time um, and for speaking with us. We really enjoyed it. Thank you, yes. and Michael. It's been a pleasure.
0: And congratulations on your upcoming PhD. Um, <laughs> yes. That's so wonderful. Um, we'll be calling you Dr. Nair soon. That's Let, great. Let's hope so. I have my favorite <laughs> card. Thank you both very much. Great, well, it was wonderful speaking with you. Um, And yes, we'd love to hear more if you have updates for us in the future. Um, Please stay in touch always.
2: Sounds good, take care.
0: Great, thank you.